Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 21st of May, 2019. It's Tuesday, so we're starting to crawl into the week here. And today's show, it just has to be said about the power of guilt when we feel it. How does guilt shape our thinking? Because guilt isn't something we talk about only because, what do we say? Oh, I feel really guilty about that. Like, we'll say this is, you know, uh, what do they call that when you eat something, something guilt? I can't remember. But when you do something and it's like this secret pleasure, you know, guilty pleasure, that's what it was. So they'll call it like, well, this is my guilty pleasure or something. But we say it in, in fun. But when you really carry guilt, I was speaking, I want to say now two months ago, for a group of women from um, USC, which is the University of Southern California in uh, Southern California. So I'm speaking, and there was a good 100 people there, and and my daughter came, and her friend, her best friend that she grew up with, and I did not realize until I was talking in front of them, because some of them knew me, knew my kids when we were all younger. And I, out of my mouth comes, you know, when my kids were younger, I felt guilty that they did not come from a two-parent family, that we were broken up because we lived in a community where until my kids were in high school, I did not know another single parent. So it was really weird for me to be a single parent in a town, but I worked like two jobs and I wanted to keep them in the school district. So when we got divorced, I just went on high and I, I didn't want them to change schools or home. I didn't want their whole world to crash. And I realized that because of that guilt, I had tried to, like, save my kids from anything. Like, I overcompensated in all these areas because I, something in me wanted to make up for the divorce to my kids. Like, see, we could still be happy. Like, you know, see, and then I thought, but we really weren't happy before. So it was a step up, but I didn't see that yet. I knew I was doing the right thing, but towards the kids themselves, because it was always just their mom. And if their mom couldn't come, you know, we'd have to see if their dad could come. And then that would cause friction and all these weird things would come into play. But I must have realized I didn't need to answer to that after a while. I had gotten, you know, me and my my accidents that come with all these lessons, but Um, When I got hit by the car and I thought, what did I teach my kids? What if I died today? What would I teach my kids? And then I went into this whole thing about teaching them everything. And guilt isn't something like, oh, well, you know, it's a good or bad emotion. What, What 
Christ called it this morning. He said, we don't need to carry guilt. It is a counterproductive emotion. It makes you work from deficit, a mental deficit. And instead of going clockwise, your brain does things going counterclockwise. You're doing it for reasons outside of the reasons that it looks like you're doing it. So sometimes, you know, when we carry guilt about something, like we don't think we didn't do enough of our homework, we didn't study hard enough, then we're like, oh, I got to take this test, or we didn't clean our houses good enough, or we didn't do the full job we were supposed to do. We just kind of halved it all the way through. And, you know, the guilt part of that, we wait for confirmation that someone else is okay so that we can release that guilt. Because something in us knows that guilt is counterproductive overall to ourselves because we don't operate from love or truth or purity. We don't, we have sometimes feeling like we have to control things, which I think is what happened to me with my kids. I I felt like I had to make sure that their lives were going to be happy now or whatever it was I was looking for, I kept trying to bring to the table until I, I didn't, until I said, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. I got to teach them. I have to be better myself. You know, I want to feel better. I want to feel like I'm stronger inside. And guilt doesn't allow that strength to hit. When we feel guilty, it becomes this vacuum of vulnerability. And we carry that vulnerability We respond to it. It is a weakness. Over time, people that we're around for a while will pick up on that we feel guilty about that. We feel guilty we haven't done enough. And we may say, well, you took really good care of your kids. I didn't. And I always tell people, you know, one of my sisters said that to me once. And and she said, you know, I scream at my kids or I do this. And I said, you know, don't feel guilty about that. You could always go back to the fork in the road and repave it with love. I've had to say that so much in the past few days. You can always go back to the fork in the road and repave it with love. We forget how powerful these simple things are. I said, why do I feel guilty? What made me think I didn't do enough? Did I really not do enough? Because the guilt makes us over-explain, over-talk, overdo, put people on a pedestal because they're better than we are. We tell people they're better than we are. We don't trust ourselves in situations. And the only way to turn that around is to tell yourself in your own head, that was the best I knew how to do. I did like to cut corners. It's because I always felt like I didn't have time. I'm going to make time now. And I'm going to do it better because I want to feel better. Saying that, I want to feel better. I don't want to carry feelings that make me feel like I'm not as good as other people. 
not guilty of anything except my own doing. Even if I went and lied to someone and I feel bad about lying to that person, I am going, if I can, and that person is available, going to go back to them and tell them, I don't know why I felt like I had to say that. I just want you to know the truth because I don't feel good that I did that. Because that will instill trust. Having trust in yourself, that, just that alone, having trust in yourself, and what you say to your children, and what you say to your coworkers, and what you say to your friends, what you say to yourself, having trust is a bridge that once you cross that bridge and get to the other side of doing that regularly, not just in certain situations that are easy to do it in, Guilt will feel like, why did I spend so much of my life doing that? Because it releases our freedom when we release. We have fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. It's easy to talk about fear and doubt and worry and control. But why is guilt the last one? We have fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. Why is guilt the last one? Because it negates everything on its way to it. It is the most subtle, the quietest. But when you're feeling guilty about anything, fear is okay. Doubt is okay. Worry is okay. Control is okay. And why do you think guilt is on the end? Because when we feel all those other things, we know we can overcome them, and we feel guilty for not trying. We feel guilty for not trying. We know that fear and doubt and worry and control are counterproductive. We know it. And the real guilt is that we didn't take the time to overcome these thresholds that we know exist. We know we could overcome our fears. Every single one of us knows that. So when we choose to live in it, that's a vulnerability exposed, and that's how people know. They may not even recognize it as, oh, well, that's guilt, or this person feels guilty for whatever it is they've done or are doing. When, when somebody worries a lot, we say, oh, they worry, and we put them in a corner. Because we don't know what to do with that. We can't overcome their worry for them. We can't overcome their fear for them. And if you tell somebody, don't fear, they're like, well, that's easy for you to say. I'm like, yeah, it is easy for me to say. But it took a lot for me to be able to say it. But now that I can say it, yeah, you're right. 
easy to say. But we have a guilt when we don't take care of what we know we can. And before I knew these words and these terms for this stuff, something in me knew when I would be reacting and coming out with my fear and doubt and worry and my trying to make things better by controlling my situation. I I never was a person who needed to control people, but I was a person that needed to control my environment because that gave me some sense of structure. But when I turned, I have to have everything in order. I have to have everything clean and the compulsion into I love a clean environment. I love to organize. It changed the entire energy of every single thing I do and why I did it. Instead of feeling like I had to do it to rest or feel like I accomplished something, it turned into something that I can laugh at and my kids laugh at it. Like, you know, mom, I'm not done eating my dish. You know, don't take my dish yet and wash it and stuff like that. And and we laugh about it. I don't do that anymore. But I, I did. I just always wanted to make sure everything was done so I could finally rest. But now I just breathe it in and everybody just does what they want and you know, we all have to learn those things, but what happens to us is what ends up looking easy had to be earned through going through the guilt part of not paying attention to the other things. Guilt shows up when we know we could have done a better job. That's why the whole intention check thing, you know, check your intentions. Why am I doing this? What do I want back? Why is this important to me? You know, who am I hurting? Me. When I hurt myself, it makes it way easier to hurt you too. When I drag myself down to a lower level of thinking, I'm going to drag you with me because I don't want you to be better than I am. That's what our ego says in our head. Or I'm going to tell you you're way better than I am, which is inflating you and deflating me. Not any better. Guilt is so subtle that if we don't catch it, we end up in a fight here and in a fight there and in a fight with ourselves. And everything's just constant, not done because we did not pay attention to the stuff that guilt is a result of. That fear, that doubt, that worry. When we say you're God-fearing, when someone tells me I fear God, I say, why? But they're saying it to me because it's good to say. Somewhere they were taught that was good to say. But if you keep saying you fear God, how do you love something you fear? How do you love something that ego just inserted itself in front of? What if you just said you love God? Now God is different. God is different to you. 
there's a child that I know. And um, I talk to this child about God a lot, because only because he asks me about God a lot. And he has so many questions. And I can't tell you, I could sit all day with him. Because what he says is, well, you know, God told me that. And I'm like, really? How did God tell you that? And he goes, well, you know, I call him Gaudy. And I said, you call God Gaudy? Like G-O-D-D-Y? Yes. And I said, oh, that's so cool. Gaudy. Yeah, Gaudy talks to me all day long. Well, what does he tell you? Well, he just tells me how things are going to be. Well, how are things going to be? What are you talking about? Well, you know, all the people that are hurting other people are going to go away. And, you know, when you talk to a child, I'm wondering who these people are that are hurting other people. What's their definition of that? But to this child, people who talked in a mean voice to other people was the people that were going to go away. And I thought, oh, wow. There's a little kid who's determining in life already, filtering through what they see. But the bigger part of it is how they talked about God. I'm like, you call God Gaudi. And every time I say it, it just made me smile. Like, here's this kid who someone tried to teach about God before I got to them or met them in this way, this part of them. They already had this loving, fun relationship with God to where they they can name him an endearing kind of nickname, Gaudi. That was like when I saw Christ and, you know, every time I'd say Christ, it just felt so heavy and and there was... um, Pam, who I work with, and and with Spotic, my son, who I talk to a lot because he always walks in on me when I'm writing and stuff, and we started calling him Christy or Krusty Christy, you know, like Krusty because he'd always come up with these great finishes to things, and we would come up with these names, and we'd just be like, oh, that was just Krusty, and, you know, Krusty Christy, and Christy became Krusty, and it just kept evolving, but it lightens up life. When we can lighten life up, who said we couldn't? That kind of relationship relieves us of that seriousness that we slap on everything. Well, that's God. You know, you better be good. And I'm like, God could see you say that. You know that, don't you? God can hear your thoughts and I don't care how bad you think your thoughts are God still loves you and then when you know that you don't need the bad thoughts think about that when you know God heard your worst thought ever how bad you think you are how bad you think other people are how much you think you don't like somebody God's just like you know you're human. I still love you. You don't have to actually think that. If you think something a little bit better that works for you better, you'll be happier. 
but I'm going to love you whether you're happy or not. I'm going to love you whether you know I'm here or not, whether you say I'm here or not, whether you declare I'm here or not, whether you believe in me or not. I love you. Still care about you. Still smile at you. Still soothe your pain when you have it. Why? Because I know why you're doing everything. You don't even know why you're doing it, but I know why. And that's why we are loved already. That's why there is no soul left behind. When you really believe that Godi or Krusty Christy or Christ or God or whatever you want to call him, when you believe you're loved already, things like guilt start to look like that dot at the end of a picture. You no longer can see it. You don't need it. Every time I feel an emotion like that, because it does show up once in a while in us, and we recognize it, the first question we should ask ourselves is, why do I need guilt? Why do I need control? Why do I need fear, doubt, or worry? Because there's a reason why I need it. But if it's here, it's because I need to overcome it not to create a destination out of it. It's not a destination. It's a lesson. These feelings, when we have them, need to be questioned, not responded to in the sense that we create a life around them. Because once we let those feelings in, they will build a life because now we've got these layers of, okay, well, I feel guilty. Well, now I have to cover this up. Well, now I have to say this so no one will catch on. And now I have to behave this way. And the person that you have to worry about is you catching on to it. Forget anybody else because you will teach people how to treat you. But you have to treat you in a way that works with you somehow. So just think of guilt as being the last one on that that whole spectrum of feelings that take us away from ourselves. Guilt is the furthest away. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today because we don't even think of it. I think it's the first time I've ever singled out guilt and called it out and brought it onto just one show, just to talk about guilt. But until Christ told me that you have to go, it's like fear first, doubt, worry, control, and then guilt. Why is it the last one? Because it embodies all of them. And yet it looks like the quietest thing, like we never talk about it. It's just one of the five I used to say never really gave it much attention. But guilt is the shaper. It embodies all of the, the things that go counterclockwise. And I remember when I first saw Christ and he said to me, our world at this time 
is counterclockwise. But from the day that I saw him, we started to go clockwise. And that was 17 years ago. So we've been ticking in the right direction, which is why we all started looking to wake up, why people started searching for more, why they started taking themselves out of the, like the workforce and out of the the ways that we were already living and started looking for better food, better jobs, better uses of our time. And it took us a while to shift through all of that. I remember when I found out about the food supply and I felt so guilty. I was so upset because I thought, oh my gosh, I've been feeding my kids all this stuff. Now what do I do? But I had to get over that so I can step into action instead of get under it and feel like the whole world was going to end. And what's true was the whole world did end as we knew it. And as I started to take action, whatever guilt I may have felt, whatever fear, whatever doubt, whatever worry that just showed up at my door, waiting to come in on any, any invitation, I didn't need the guilt. What I needed was myself to do what I needed to do. And everything was there for me to do it, just like everything would have been there if I went down the guilt route. It's amazing how different. I think there was, um, Liam says in the chat, God said in Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God that fear and guilt are the only enemies of man. This is like, thank you for that. This is like one of the most subtle, weird, hard topics to talk about because we're talking about an intangible that comes and goes and comes and goes in our lives. But if it just was today that we talk about it, just to instill the awareness of what it wants to do, what it can do, how it wants to do it, what it looks like, that's all we need. Because guilt is a robber without a gun. Because it is the biggest, the biggest bullet in that gun. It's that, you know, when they have rounds and it's, it's like the fifth round. It's the one that makes sure we're dead. It just keeps shooting, shooting, shooting until we have nothing left. That's how guilt works. And when I look at people who carry it, the first thing I want to do is hug them and tell them, you do not deserve to carry guilt. It's the biggest load of the bunch. When I felt guilt and I'd look at my kids, I felt sorry for them. They didn't deserve that. I needed to feel strong for them. I needed to feel my strength with them. And thank God something in me kicked in and said, I don't want to feel that. Even before I saw Christ, I knew that that was a feeling that I didn't like. I may not have had all the tools to get rid of it or figure out how to get rid of it or filter through it. And when we see our kids go through something hard, we want to go through it for them. But what have we taught them if we do that? We didn't teach them anything if we do it for them. It's really interesting. How hard it is 
to love. Because when you love, you've had to put everything else through a clearance. It's like going through that thing in the airport and you go through one machine, then you go through a person, then you go through another machine before they spit you out at the end and tell you you're okay to get on a plane. You have to go through all of that. You have to go through your own detection. And what I would probably do today, and I do it almost every day, is, you know, I start out my day with obviously doing the show, which sets the pace. But even after that, what would I like to do today? What would make me feel best today? What do I have time for? But I just be realistic about what needs to happen for every system in me to be on go. That kind of trust in ourselves that we're okay already, that we are capable of doing what we plan to do every day, that we look at our kids and talk to them the way we would talk to a best friend because our kids are eventually going to be our best friend. We have that power to put in them the best of life once we put it in ourselves. I hope we covered this well. You guys, I love you. My time is already up. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.